0: Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, portions of the live stream may be edited for podcast release.
1: Extreme Anime Radio
0: greatest city in the world broadcasting to fans of anime and the Japanese culture all around the world. It is the one and the only extreme anime radio podcast. We welcome you to the hot summer month of June. And it feels like that in many parts of North America these days. We'd like to welcome you on board our first June episode. I'm JR. And joining me as per usual, north of the border, where it's also hot, I believe, Mr. Canuck.
1: Good evening, hot, steamy, and thunder and lightning-y. So I will preface this by saying, I could literally drop out at any time, folks. Uh Uh-oh. Is it that bad? Yes, Mother Nature's having a fit. As if she hasn't had enough of a fit in 2020 already, thank you very much.
0: (sighs) Right, I've got the fan going on a little bit in my uh, room here where I'm uh, recording the show. Um, I hope uh, it stays comfortable. If not... uh, I'll have to turn on the air conditioning, and I don't want to do that for the podcast because it would generate a little background noise.
1: Ah! Wah, wah, wah,
0: wah. <laughs> Old Extreme Anime Radio joke there, folks. Don't forget that the Extreme Anime Radio podcast is available on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. You can also stream slash download slash listen or whatever synonym you prefer to use the extreme anime radio podcast and a variety of podcast platforms including uh, Spotify Google podcasts anchor podcasts and so much more just search for the extreme anime radio podcast 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 I have finally Dar't internet my boxoo box
1: uh, I was going to say does it have like cobwebs from its long journey
0: Uh, (laughs) Actually, um, I'm not sure what to say about the two other boxes that um, finally arrived to my friends. Uh, I do uh, know that they arrived in good condition in those respects. And uh, my friends tell me that all the snacks are pretty much edible. So I'm very happy that uh, they finally got theirs. As far as mine, it's the monthly subscription. And this is the monthly subscription that I deferred last month because of the shipping issues back then. Now Boxu has changed their shipping logistics for the United States. For Canada, I don't know um, if they've done any changes like they've done to the U.S., but they ship DHL to a certain location, in this case Chicago, and then they hand it off to the Postal Service from there.
1: Ah, DHL. Yes, yeah, so we've
0: talked about DHL on previous shows. Uh, they've got one of their sorting hubs in your backyard, basically.
1: Yeah, and they also have a, have a nasty habit of, you know, springing surprise charges on you for handling the shipment. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you, you, you already paid. What are you trying to do? But it's either pay or you don't get your shipment.
0: Is that what they call, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the brokerage fee? And doodly-deedly. And why do they call it the brokerage fee? Because they make you broke? Pretty much. Very good, sir.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, no, I'm happy that this shipment worked out. It got here in precisely one week after it was shipped. Um, my previous boxu boxes through the postal services of uh, Japan Post and USPS have taken between one and two weeks. So for them to spring a little extra effort for me to get my subscription box in this method is actually not too bad. Um so I have uh my box uh sitting right next to me here. And uh I don't know if anybody saw the post I made earlier on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash anime radio and at extreme anime radio respectively. Um I'm letting everybody once again choose what I taste on the air. We did this for uh, one box a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken. So um, there's still a little time to vote while we blab about stuff. Um, So if you would like to cast your vote, uh, go to either Facebook or Instagram. Look at the post that I have. And you're going to see six of the snacks that I received. This is the Tangy Citrus Box. So all of the snacks have a citrusy theme, and it's June, so it's appropriate. Um, so if you'd like to vote on up to two snacks, you can vote one or you can vote two snacks. Uh, look at the image. The six snacks are um, categorized by letter A, B, C, D, E, F. Uh, and go ahead and uh, cast your vote by leaving a comment on Facebook or on Instagram. I'll give you a few moments to do that, and uh, the winning votes will be taste tested in just a little while. Um, I should also mention that the um, Extreme Anime Radio uh, mascot Sarayoshida, the cosplayers, also will have a say in this. Uh, speaking of Sarayoshida, we'll have something to say about that um, a little bit later on on the show as well. Uh, so please go ahead and go to either Facebook or Instagram to cast your vote. Now, uh, Neff, I believe you already casted your vote. But uh, what were your choices
1: again? Uh, I think, did I only cast the one? I have to, I have to remind myself. I, I've had a busy day at work. Uh-oh. Yes, I was working. So my brain is kind of like sliced. Uh, let's see. I voted for the item marked E. E, and why did you vote that? It had the most interesting-looking packaging out of everything else.
0: That is true. There's actually a picture of what's on it there.
1: <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What is that? Yeah. Zoom in. I have no clue. Zoom out. So
0: Okay, I'll take that. Right. The trick is here, um, like the last time we did this, is that um, I'm only – Uh, labeling these A through F and asking people to decide on appearance. When I taste them in a moment, then I'm going to actually tell you what it is and surprise both you and me and everybody else.
1: Oh, dear.
0: (laughs) So uh, we're going to give uh, that a bit of a breather. In the meantime, uh, Neff, I want to tell everybody about... A season one, uh, or I should say episode one review, uh, I did this uh, a podcast or two ago, this time I'm going to tell you about something that has been on my Crunchyroll queue for the longest time. And I posted a little hint on Facebook just before it came on the air, I am watching Ace of the Diamond, which has been in my Crunchyroll queue for ages. And uh, I was quite impressed with the first episode, but um, on the other hand, I'm kind of like the anime fan that likes to watch one episode that basically uh, decides uh, the whole plot for you, not like Ace of the Diamond, which left you on a cliffhanger after 30 minutes.
1: Well, there, there are two schools of thought. One is the complete self-contained episode going on, you know, throughout the series. The other is, let's draw people in and give them a reason to come back. Mm -hmm. And it could also be because they spent all their money on the first episode, and then, you know, everything else, after that, you know, straight down. (laughs) But,
0: uh, yes, this is an anime uh, that was originally released in October of 2013. So, it is... Slightly old school. It's getting
1: there, I think. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's frightening to think that anything in the early 10s is now considered possibly old schoolish.
0: Yes. But uh, this is about a uh, pitcher by the name of Agent Sawamura. Um, and uh, we start the episode with his uh, junior high school team uh, losing a big game and then him throwing a fit. Not only is he a pitcher, but he also has a bit of an ego. And Mm -hmm. uh, while deciding uh, what's going to happen for him as he enters uh, high school, he gets randomly scouted by a prestigious Tokyo high school known as um, Seido. And uh, they have a very good baseball team. So he's kind of convinced to go over there and uh, watched the practices. He's impressed, and then uh, he he has uh, some thoughts that kind of clash with the assistant director of the high school that scouts him. And then he runs into a uh, high school senior who's a home run king. They start getting into words. Um, This uh, batter mocks the pitcher throwing pitches at him, and it sets off uh, Sawamura. And then he's like, I'll show you what I got. And that's basically where the episode ends.
1: Okay, so you've set up, you know, our protagonist, our, you know, potential villain interest. Right. And there you go.
0: And then there's also um, the story on the side, at least in the first episode, of his teammates and friends from the town where he lives. Uh, They were so close-knit playing baseball together and um now they realize that uh, oh he's gone to tokyo and they look all worried so i have a funny feeling they're going to be involved somehow if i watch a few more episodes
1: yeah the way you describe it at least one or two of them probably are look for the more bizarre ones to be the ones that show up
0: yes so um this is a three season uh anime uh three very long seasons We're talking about one year per season, plus Uh, the first season, I believe, was supposed to go 50 or so episodes. They extended it to 75 episodes, (laughs) and that's just the first season. So I think that's pretty rare for an anime,
1: right? I was going to say, even by the time of the 10s, to get extended by that much was unheard of if you weren't an established long-running franchise at that point. Yeah.
0: I want to do a quick comparison to the first season of Inuyasha. Was that I know Inuyasha was another long series? Uh, no, only started, twenty-seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that started in the two thousands, though.
0: Right, right. But uh, I still can't seem to find uh, the reason why uh, they happened to extend uh, Ace of the Diamond to seventy-five episodes. At least the first season, and then the 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 next two are you know the usual one year length well I guess if you call that usual,
1: I was going to say there was no labor unrest in baseball both here in North America nor in Japan, so there wouldn't be any reason to try and simulate mm-hmm. so I'm not quite sure so I have some uh, something to look up later I think
0: um and then you and I were sort of kidding uh. Before we came on the air, Uh, we're going to compare Ace of the Diamond to current events.
1: Yes, well, uh, unlike Ace of the Diamond, the the current uh, owners and players in the Major League Baseball in North America don't seem to know when is a good time to compromise (laughs) versus I want mine, Jack, and you can go jump. Oh, boy. Yeah, latest being that Commissioner Rob Manfred has now waved his big stick and is saying, based on the agreement that we had with the players back in March, we can impose a 50-game regular season. That is 100% correct. However, there's something very important that's missing from that agreement. Money? What is it? No, 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 no. Even more important than that. He can impose a 50-game regular season. He cannot impose playoffs on the players.
0: Interesting.
1: He has to get an agreement with the the union. So, obviously, if he imposes a 50-game season on the players, Mm -hmm. what do you think the chances are, realistically, that the players suddenly say, yeah, we'll agree to a playoffs with you? Interesting. (laughs) I'll give you two guesses. Slim and none, and Slim is on the bus out of town. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, that that the seven that you bring up quite often uh, you compare that with my uh hopes of going to japan the same way
1: yeah pretty much on the same boat i'm afraid Oof, the ss titanic <laughs> <laughs> oh geez
0: <laughs> but uh yes uh, so you are of the opinion Neff, that at this very moment instead of watching major league baseball i should just continue watching
1: ace of the diamond because it'll be the closest thing you see to baseball this year unless you want to watch the Korean Baseball League. <laughs> Have now, you seen any want, of those games? I've, I've watched bits and pieces because by the time I get up, it's all, you know, prepackaged and nicely, you know, in chunks as opposed to the whole, you know, game. And I'll say this. Mm-hmm. It's baseball. But it's weird considering there's nobody in the stands who's real. Mm-hmm. And any sounds you get are artificial. Mm-hmm. From from there, it's just it's this weird. It feels like it feels like you're watching someone playing a video game with real life people. Oh boy! <laughs> Which some people might get a charge out of. I don't know, but me, I'm like, no this this feels faker than a three dollar bill. So NES baseball all over again.
0: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> well, I've made a plan at least to watch. Uh, Diamond No Ace uh, Episode 2 to
1: see how the beginning unfolds well hopefully it's not like Dragon Ball Z where you know the the uh, big, big build up to the match and build up and build up and oh episode 3 build up and build up episode 4 build up and build up episode 5 maybe
0: <laughs> what else have you been watching in uh, anime land these days
1: Oh, let's see. Finish Kanichi, and the Mightiest Disciple. And uh, watching as it's coming out, uh, the Two Love Rude Dub. And mm-hmm. as as scary, etchy, bad, hen- close to hentai, the original Japanese, once you start watching it in English, wow. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's just like going blink, blink, yikes. You actually said that.
0: Oh, it's one of those, uh, they take uh,
1: social norm uh, phrases or something? No, 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 no. They, they, they have to say certain things that, you know, you shouldn't normally say as, you know, high schoolers, or at least I didn't say as a high schooler. Okay, fine. Uh-oh. But, you know, I wasn't being chased by an alien princess. That's another thing altogether. Ah. So, ah. And then I rewatched an old favorite of mine, Trinity Seven. Now, that's one where I'm afraid the dub, for the most part, sounds like they literally phoned it in. Phoned it in over a bad telephone line while bored out of their minds. Oh. Because I watched it first in Japanese, and then I watched the dub, which has some very fine voice actors. But it's just like, okay, you gave that no emphasis, no, like you give me no reason to care about you. That, that, that's not a good sign when you're one of the main characters. Oh, boy. So, and I'm just trying to think, aside from that, no, it's been, you know what? I've been bad. I've been watching either old sports or sports that I wouldn't normally watch on a dare. Mm-hmm. But because it's new, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's fresh content. Gimme, gimme, gimme.
0: <laughs> Except
1: UFC. I cannot in any way, shape, or form watch that. Because I'm sorry, the, 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 just watching two people beat the crap out of each other, even with rules, and I'm using air quotes here, folks. No, no. If I want to watch that, I can go downtown at about mm, two in the morning after the bars let out. Uh-huh. I'll get the same thing for free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Something that I've been watching on YouTube a little bit lately, and it's been. Nice to have uh, this is like a uh, you know uh, an evening background noise per se. Uh, and I don't know if you saw my uh, personal Facebook when I posted about it. Uh, this is a legal gambling sport in Japan.
1: Hydroplane racing. Well, the Japanese they, they will bet on almost anything. Right, it, it's really weird how they'll do that. Like you, you'll, they'll bet on marble races for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're getting pretty desperate over here, so yeah, that might come soon. But it's <laughs> like, okay, you you you're very you know willing to to bet on hydroplaning. Okay, hydroplane races. Yeah, that's fine. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's called boat race, and mm.
0: essentially the way it works is that you have six boats. Each of them has a driver, uh, and each boat has a betting color and number, mm-hmm. so kind of comparable to horse racing with the saddle towels and the colors. Mm-hmm. And the object is to be the first uh, boat to cross the wire after three laps going around the hydroplane boat course without doing anything crazy.
1: Okay, that sounds interesting, but when you just say anything crazy, what's the extent that they actually go to without you know, doing something crazy? I'm curious. Well, uh, a
0: couple of things. Uh, first of all, if your boat capsizes, you're disqualified, obviously. If you cause a boat to capsize, you're disqualified. Um, but something else that's very interesting is that at the, start, well, at the start-finish line, there is a big, giant clock. And once the boats um, enter the course and jockey for their starting position, this one-minute clock starts a countdown. Mm -hmm. So you see, during this countdown, all the boats um, will line up where they want to start. And then as the clock counts down to zero, they start racing up to the wire. So when the clock hits zero, that's when the race is supposed to begin and the front of each boat has to cross the start finish line between 0 and 1 second after 0.
1: Okay. Now that would take skill. Oh yeah. Because you'd be running at full throttle or probably close to it. Uh-huh. And the water, and the water condition, and the competitors, and you've got oh boy. That is like thread- threading the needle, you know. Yes. So if you cross the wire or the cross
0: the start line too soon, uh, you are out, and then you're treated as a late scratch, and your money is refunded.
1: Okay. So you don't get penalized if you're late, but you get penalized if you come early.
0: Well, yeah. You, you also get penalized if you're late, but not as harshly, I believe. If, mm. you, if you're late, it's probably because your boat has some sort of malfunction or something. That's what I've not noticed anyway.
1: Not including the nut behind the wheel, obviously.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so each meet is like several days long. You earn points based on where you finish. On the second to last day, I believe the top 18 competitors in points participate in three semifinals, six boats per semifinal. Then the top two boats in each of those go on to the championship race on the last day that's basically how it works Hmm.
1: interesting
0: and then uh you can bet uh, win place exacta trifecta and a few other things
1: yes well when it comes to betting it's like anything over uh uh, anything over the first two and it's just like no the Mm -hmm. odds are way too long i'm not gonna waste my money thanks right um so when i posted this on uh, my facebook alva
0: uh, give a little hi to Alva here. He suggested I look at an anime that unfortunately I do not have access to because I don't subscribe to High Dive. And it's an anime by the name of Kandagawa
1: Jet Girls. Oh, yeah, that's one they keep pushing on me whenever I'm on that website. Yes. So
0: think of it almost as Keijo. Remember that anime? Ye- yeah. Yeah. But uh, in this case, you have a pair of racers uh, on um, jet boats, I believe. One drives and one shoots a water gun at
1: rivals. A water gun? Yes. On a boat?
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I'm reading the description on Wikipedia. Aspiring to be a jetter, just like her legendary mother, Rin Namiki decides to leave her home in the countryside in order to realize her dream. That sounds kind of like the protagonist
1: in Keijo. I was going to say, that that sounds like the cliche set up for about half a dozen shonen anime I could think of off the top of my head. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, No, I just read the, uh, the description, and then I could see why Alva had mentioned that anime to me. But um, if anybody's interested uh, in watching these uh, boat races, first of all, um, we don't condone gambling really on this podcast, even though there's no way you can legally bet it in North America anyway. (laughs) Um, uh, There are ways you can watch these races, um, these boat races online, but uh, for the most part, they're actually geo-blocked. Um, but, um, one of the channels in Japan that broadcasts boat race, which is Japan Leisure channel has recently opened up a, uh, YouTube page featuring, um, the race meets featuring the female boat racers. Now, granted, um, there are some female boat racers. There are a lot more male boat racers. Um, but this page, watching the live feeds of the boat races with all female groups all female competitors um is one of the only ways right now that people like us will be able to watch this sport in motion
1: because otherwise uh, you'll run into a geo block mm. Yeah, I mean, right now, though, a lot of companies would do well to see if they could maybe sell access to things like that because, like I said, right. starving for content, starving for something new, you could make money off it. It's like ESPN did with Korean baseball, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, they're not. it's not like they're broadcasting it for free. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like when I'm reading manga now and all these legal manga sources, it's like, Okay, not quite a, as wide a selection as when, you know, you're sailing the seven, seven seas on an eyepatch, <laughs> but, you know, decent enough, you know, enough uh, to keep me busy. Caldeth in the chat room has a question. Hi,
0: Caldeth. Um, I'm still surprised there hasn't been an ice hockey anime yet.
1: Okay, now, I'll refer back. My memory's a little fuzzy, so forgive me. There was once, and I think it was Otako USA many years ago, uh, a premise for an anime that included a hockey player this anime never got off the ground obviously uh the hockey player was a ghost and was apparently afraid of tomato juice what (laughs) yeah i that's why i remember it because it was so freaking bizarre i'm like a canadian ghost goalie (laughs) afraid of tomato juice what in the name of the what no <laughs> wonder this idea never got picked up
0: interesting
1: and this was how long ago oh uh, i would say at least six seven years ago now that magazine at least mm-hmm. i think the character's name was supposed to be pierre something okay like it was really stereotypical he was blonde you know he's like but a skinny little guy in, in the goalie pads which of course you know they're exagger they're comically exaggerated Actually, no. Seeing a modern goalie, they weren't so comically exaggerated.
0: <laughs> um, ooh, it's 930, so we better get a move on because uh, we have to be off in about uh, half an hour or so. Um, the reason that we were coming on a little late tonight, um, initially, Neff thought he had some business going on, but uh, no, it's not happening for a few more days,
1: right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't read a calendar. <laughs> Because I had, I had booked a, a delivery, and I thought it was initially for tonight. No, it's for Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, that's because I can't read a calendar. Because it's very hard to think of days and dates right. when you're trapped indoors all the time.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Well, uh, when we return, hopefully next week, we'll be back to the 8 p.m. start time. Um, we do have to play a quick commercial, so we're going to do that now. And then uh, I have my two winning candidates for the uh, of Snacks sitting in front of me. We're going to tell you about that and go into some other business. So please stay tuned here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. See, I told you we'd be back real quick. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. I'm JR. He's Neff. We thank you for joining us. Um, I have the winners of our uh, voting contest of sorts right in front of me, uh, as voted on by uh, the followers on social media and by the uh, cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Uh, Before I get into the snacks, um, I do want to make a brief announcement about something we uh, said on um, our social media platforms a few days ago. Um... If you remember, uh, one year ago this month, uh, we were honored to introduce uh, Naku, uh, also known as Invisible Wonders Cosplay, as the first Sarah Yoshida cosplayer of color, and with the setting of the classical candy shop in the background, she really did justice to what the Sarah Yoshida character is all about. Uh, we created the original character of Sarah over ten years ago. Um, As everybody knows, Sarah is passionate about dancing, having fun, living life to the fullest. Uh, We've been fortunate over the years to showcase many interpretations of Sarah from cosplayers donating their time and talents from all around the globe. Uh, We're striving to increase our inclusivity and support for communities and cosplayers of color. So we're extending another invitation to interested cosplayers to portray the character that we all love. If you or someone you know may be interested in cosplaying Sarah, you can get in touch with us. You can reach us um, various ways. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash anime radio, send us a private message there. You can go to Twitter at anime radio, send a private message there. Um, go to Instagram at extreme anime radio, leave us a message there. Or you can uh, go to. Plain old email, and email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. I want to specifically thank uh, a few people. Um, Lucky Ducky helped us uh, put together uh, the message which we sent out a few days ago. Uh, Also, Umi, one of the Sarah cosplayers, uh, is recommending someone to us that we're speaking to right now. Uh, and a third person also recommended someone. That will be somebody formerly involved with the station, Chibi Brit, who says hello. And Chibi Brit also uh, gave us a suggestion that we're looking into. So uh, this is something we wanted to get out there, and we really thank everybody for their support. Um, we'd also like to announce that um, starting with the next podcast... We're going to be opening up uh, individual sponsorships. Um, Those are going to run at $10 per show. And it's going to be available on a show-to-show basis because our schedule of doing this podcast is pretty irregular. It's probably going to become more regular as we go into July and August. Uh, the radio station may not be playing music, but I still have to go on my summer work I guess we'll call it that. <laughs> um, so um, we're opening up the individual um, show sponsorships, $10 per show. And if you're interested in that, uh, reach out to us, direct message in the same way, um, or email extremeanimiradio at gmail.com. We're limiting sponsorships to one at a time. No multiple sponsorships for the time being. Uh, Maybe that's something we'll look into in a few months, but right now we're just going to do it on an individual basis. Um, So, yes, uh, let's see. Yoshida Cosplays, um, sponsorships for the podcast. What else am I missing, Neff, or have we covered the bases there? I think we've pretty much covered the bases. Okay, anything you need to add? No, I can't say that I do. Okay, no worries. Well, then in that case, so those were two important messages we wanted to get out of the way before we go into the taste test. And uh, it looks like our two winners, based on the votes, and based on figuring out stuff in my head, um, A and C. The winners are A and C. And uh, Neff, I might also go for your suggestion, which was E, uh, depending on how I feel after these first two. Does that sound like a deal?
1: A and C? How shocking.
0: A and C? Oh. A, C, -C? current, shocking. (laughs) Or it can be cool. Ah. Ah. Very good, sir. Okay. So, I didn't pay close attention to a lot of these snacks, but I have a funny feeling that the letter A is something I've tried before, and mm-hmm. it was included in, I want to say this snack was included in the first subscription box, because the first subscription box I get, and what anybody gets when they subscribe to Boxu, is the, uh, I believe it's called the Tastes of Japan or the Flavors of Japan. So they give you uh, a random selection of snacks from all over the country for all seasons. And I believe this is one of those snacks. This is the Setochi Sudachi. And I'm going to open up the pamphlet that Boxu gives with every subscription to tell you what that is. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look. Oh, it's one of the uh, feature snacks in the front. It is Seaweed Tempura, Sudachi Citrus Flavor. So it's
1: basically fried seaweed with a citrus flavor. Okay, that sounds like an interesting combination.
0: Now, given in Asia, fried seaweed is pretty popular as a snack, uh, but uh, some will take it to uh, another
1: spectrum, per se. I I was going to say fried seafood, yes, but citrus, I'm going, okay, citrus family, orange, lemon, lime. Well, maybe lemon, but lime, (laughs) and definitely not orange. These
0: seaweed sheets, according to the uh, description, are battered, fried, and flavored with native Japanese tadachi to create a crisp and tangy snack. Um, So these are all in bite-sized pieces, which I'm going to snack on. And like I said, I think I've tasted this before. Yes, I have. Very savory, and you can taste the lime right away.
1: So it is lime, because I was going citrus family, going through my head, going, okay, lemon, lime, orange. (laughs) Like, orange would have been dead last on my things to mix with seaweed, but that's just me. So
0: that's going to come from... um, it's called uh, Setochi, so immediately I think Shikoku, but uh, no, it's actually from Hiroshima, which is close to that area as well. Mmm. So definitely something I've tried before, and I give this a yay. The lime flavor is not too strong at all, although it does leave a little bit of an oily
1: residue on your fingers, so... Well, as long as it doesn't leave an oily residue on your tongue, because that would be disgusting. (laughs) Now, we go to the uh,
0: other recommendation, and it appears to be meringues, meringue snacks. So, mikange, mikan, meringue. Try to say that three
1: times fast. I couldn't even say it one time slow, so no, you go (laughs) right ahead.
0: Mikan orange, which is another flavor I've had in the snacks before. Um, light and airy, perfectly baked to gently melt away on the tongue. Speaking of tongue, leaving behind the fresh, sweet aroma of Mikan orange. And this comes from uh, Tobishima Kobo. And if I look at the map, uh, let's see. If you look at the map and look at the packaging, hopefully it will tell you where it comes from. There is um, a page um, in the pamphlet that gives you a map of Japan and shows you the region where each of these is from. So I have to look very carefully. If not, I'm just going to try to translate what's on the back. Oh, also from Hiroshima. There we go. So Hiroshima is winning the uh, citrus snacks right now. So these are meringues, which are basically egg whites, essentially.
1: Mm, I was going to say, yeah, egg whites and a touch of sugar. Mm -hmm. And this is orange
0: Mekon flavor. Here we go. Now, it's supposed to melt on the tongue, so I'm just going to put it there and see what happens.
1: His jaw is moving, so I think the melting on the tongue is kind of (laughs) not happening. No, it is. After a few seconds, it does. Oh, Oh, okay, because I'm like, wait a minute. I would give
0: this a... uh, what 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 is our um, what's our ranking below yay? Is it uh, eh? I believe we call it an eh. I think so. Yeah. Right. Meringues aren't really my cup of tea, and I don't think I'm able to taste the flavor of the orange much, unless
1: it's supposed to be so subtle. Well, since meringue themselves generally don't have any flavor to speak of you'd want to be careful about adding any flavor to it because it would probably just overpower the thing.
0: Right, right. So that wasn't too bad, I think. Uh, now we're going to go for uh, the third snack, which is going to be the one that Neff recommended. And I'm going to look that up real quick in the guide. Sometimes it's hard to find out... Uh, Okay. Ooh, it's a monaka. Huganatsu monaka, a type of wagashi or traditional Japanese sweet made with thin wafers made from mochi sandwiching a jammy filling. So, usually you'll find this monaka with like a red bean paste, but mm. this time they include Huganatsu, a juicy citrus fruit native to Japan. I have never heard of Huganatsu. I'm okay, gonna,
1: that, that makes two of us. You said that, and I'm just like, what?
0: And let's see where this is from. This is from Fukuoka, which is in Kyushu, uh, the hmm. southernmost of Japan's uh, four major islands. Hmm. So I'm going to open this up now. It's a little hard to do, unfortunately. My My fingers are still... A little messy from the uh, the seaweed
1: snack. Pro tip for next time, scissors.
0: Exactly. Now, when you realize that you have trouble opening this, you really have to look at the packaging carefully because Japanese packaging of snacks, they'll normally tell you Uh, where to open it in this case it's going to be on the package i'm holding in the corner is a little thing that says open so i think i'm going to go with that route and look at
1: look at that lo and behold i can open it very easily readings instructions sometimes helps boys and girls it sometimes helps (laughs) this is a humongous cookie look at this dear god that's that's almost you know big enough to take out your palm yeah, it fits in the palm of my hand.
0: I have big hands, and it fits in the palm of my hand, like, almost, almost exactly. So, Oof. So, uh, yeah, this will be the, the perfect snack I think to close things out with.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, he consumes the snack, he then has a sugar overdose, and psh, that's the end of that.
0: Right. Now I'm going to look up Huganatsu.
1: It is a fruit. Well, duh.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a citrus fruit. The name comes from Hyuga, the ancient name of Miyazaki Prefecture. Interesting. Hmm. Hyuga Natsu. So Hyuga, the ancient name of Miyazaki Prefecture, and Natsu, of course, is Japanese for summer, summertime. Okay. Mm. So now we're going to try the Hyuga Natsu Monaka.
1: Ooh. Okay, it sounds like he likes what he's eating, folks.
0: Yes. Uh, I can bite into the uh, manaka very easily. There is a lot of this citrus filling, and it's very mild, very pleasant. So, this is a woohoo. I'm going to be finishing this uh, after the show. I was going to
1: say, it isn't that much woohoo, otherwise, you'd finish it right now. <laughs> And leave me scrambling going, Uh oh, he's stuffing his mouth, folks. <laughs> you know what we have to do, Neff?
0: What do we have to do, JR? Once the shipping situation in Japan normalizes, whenever that happens, we have to order you a box of stuff.
1: I, I, I think yes, you you've gotten you've gotten my interest definitely peaked.
0: So. Um right now again the situation from Japan is still um up in the air that's why i have mentioned box has switched to a different shipping method uh, for many locations other locations they they're unable to ship uh, stuff still Um, and it's probably going to go on for the uh, foreseeable future Um, we always hope that uh, japan lifts the entry restrictions for foreign visitors but uh since the last time we were on the air, Neff, I think they just keep adding on to the list.
1: Yeah, it's getting to the point where basically, you may as well just put up a sign that says "Go home," right. outside of Japan. Just a giant sign that says "Go home."
0: <laughs> now, word I received, uh, I believe, within the last week or so, uh, four countries, including Asia, not Asia. Asia is not a country. Australia, New Zealand, and two other countries in Asia. Um, they're in negotiations uh, with Japan because apparently those uh, locations have the coronavirus situation under control for the time being. Uh, in fact, New, New Zealand has gone so far as to claim that they've uh, completely eradicated it,
1: which which is you know impressive yet expected. Why? New Zealand is an island. They can Mm. control who goes in, who comes out. Much like Japan. Exactly. Once you're on an island, you can do whatever the heck you want. Exactly. nobody else can say nothing.
0: (laughs) But, um, but yeah, the situation right now, um, last I've heard is that they're still negotiating, you know, how this is going to work. But as expected, um, this would only be – traveling for business purposes so you have to visit another country on business and it's going to work whether you go to japan from any of these countries or japan to these countries or you know any of these countries in between i believe um it's just for business not for short-term uh visiting like tourism um and the way it's going to work is, number one, you have to have a negative coronavirus test within, I believe, five days of your departure. And number two, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks anyway, which is the current, uh,
1: uh, the yeah. current
0: situation in a lot of places.
1: Yeah, which, which leads to a whole host of questions and problems, especially for a business person. They're not going to want to. St- they can't afford to stay two weeks in a place.
0: Exactly.
1: So I think, I think this is a little bit of, you know, window dressing on a, for lack of a better term, on a pig. It's still a pig. Right. They, they, don't want any, they just don't want anybody coming in, but they'll say, okay, we'll let you in, but.
0: Right. Now, if you are a, a, a long-term resident and you have, uh, you know, your um, foreigner's uh, card or gaijin card of that type, then maybe I can understand, uh, you know, allowing it for that purpose.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, anywhere where you have status in the country that isn't a full citizen, but you have stat- legal status, certainly they should be, you know, that would make perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's like right now, I and mean, we're talking sports ball again, folks. Uh, currently, most of the major sports leagues in North America are looking at restarting. However, most of the major sports leagues in North America have Canadian teams. Mm. Why is that a problem? Well, because right now, between the two countries, travel for anything other than, you know, essential, verboten, no. Sports is not essential. Exactly. (laughs) So the various leagues are scrambling to try to figure out what to do. Some are taking the position. We'll just have everything in the States. Other leagues are going, yeah, but playing in Canada would be cheaper because of the Canadian peso. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so it's like this weird mix of, okay, what do we do? Right. You know, for example, the NHL is in what they call stage two, which allows small group workouts in the various team facilities. Mm. Right now, the Leafs are taking the position that they're going to train in Toronto for the time being. Uh Uh-huh. You know, six at a time, and I think one one conditioning coach or some weird rule like that, I don't know those off my heart. But uh, if, in in fact, they do get the green light to move to stages three and four, which is like a full training camp and stage four playing games, unless the border opens up, I don't know what's going to happen. All
0: right. So uh, still um, something that we have to take on a uh, day-to-day basis with the whole pandemic um, and with everything else going on in the world, for that matter, um as we get uh, close to the 10 p.m. hour, sir, it's time for us to wrap up the show. Um, and while I take another bite of it, my Hyuganatsu monaka, I will ask you, Nef, to give us the closing commentary.
1: If you have any questions, concerns about what you hear on the Extreme Anime podcast, drop us a line at ExtremeAnimeRadio at gmail.com or Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash anime Radio. We're on Twitter at Anime Radio or Twitter.com forward slash Anime Radio. And we're on Instagram at Extreme Anime Radio. And I'm still chewing. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know how to fill the time when you are still chewing. I'm like, come on, chew faster, chew faster. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: well, thank you for listening tonight. Um, hopefully, we'll be back next week. Uh, next Wednesday, we'll be back to 8 p.m. Eastern. This way, we won't be in a rush to get off the air. Um another uh, quick plug for the um sponsorships will be $10 per show. Please contact us if you're interested. We'll also get the word out uh, here um as the days progress. Also um if you're listening to the live stream, um as we've said before, we'll try to get the uh, podcast out by next Monday. Um Back to work now, so uh, it's a bit of uh, a time crunch uh, as far as my availability goes to edit the shows and get them out for you. I do appreciate your patience with that. And again, we mentioned uh, what we said earlier um, about uh, the Serio Shida cosplays. Um, if you know somebody that might be interested in helping us out, please... Um, refer them to our social media pages and ask them to please contact us for more information. So we thank you for joining us. Uh, I will continue to enjoy these snacks that are in front of me and uh, there's one that I am particularly interested in trying the mekon, well actually they have more mekon slices. Mekon I think is a recurring flavor in this uh, box. So thank you Baksu for the box. Um and uh, we'll work on getting something to NEF eventually, I think. Like I said, you definitely have my interest. <laughs>
1: well, we thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, for Neff, I'm JR. Remember, keep on listening to the Extreme Monario Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.